0: On this episode of the Jeff Does Vegas podcast.
1: I think it just kind of came from there. We're like, okay, well, this is like some positivity that we can take out of what's happening to us right now. We can maintain some sanity by continuing to work on something at least. And and who knows what it could turn into. So it just kind of, it became like a fun little project that if we got too anxious, we would just start trying to work on something to just focus our brains.
0: In Spanish, its name means the meadows. You might know it as the entertainment capital of the world, Lost Wages, or simply Sin City. Of course, I'm talking about fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada. On average, 42 million people visit Las Vegas every year, and I'm one of them. I love this city. The sights, the sounds, the shows, the people, the history. I want to share all of it with you. Taking you to the world-famous Vegas Strip and beyond, my name is Jeff, and this is the Jeff Does Vegas Podcast. Hey there, and welcome to episode number 61 of the Jeff Does Vegas Podcast. Thank you so much for hopping on board this little podcast trip to what I like to think of as the best city on the planet, fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada. Before we get rolling for this episode of the show, I want to thank my guests from the last episode of the podcast, Devin Allered and Nina Kane, the hosts of The Socially Distant Show, an online show that gives Vegas entertainers the opportunity to keep performing for an audience, albeit a virtual one. There's also a very cool charitable aspect to the show as well. If you haven't listened yet and you want to know more about it, jump into the archives wherever you get your podcasts and search out episode number 60, Quarantainment, or head to the website at JeffDoesVegas.com. All right, on to the show. My special guests for this episode of the podcast are Vegas entertainers and married couple Mackenzie Fly and Colin Cahill. Before COVID-19 shut down Las Vegas, Mackenzie was one of the leads in the show Sex Tips for Straight Women from a Gay Man at the Paris Las Vegas, and Colin was performing as a part of Spiegel World's newest Vegas show, Atomic Saloon at the Venetian, which I reviewed all the way back in episode number 47 as a part of my December trip report. When they were involuntarily forced out of their respective gigs by the coronavirus, the pair wanted to keep performing, so they launched their own comedy music duo, Mac and the Cheese. So far, the pair have written and released four original pandemic-themed songs, covering a multitude of topics, including how to keep Betty White alive and the worldwide toilet paper shortage. Mackenzie and Colin joined me via Zoom from their home in Las Vegas. We talked about their life before the shutdown. We discussed a little bit about what Vegas shows might look like once things open back up. We talked about the genesis of Mac and the Cheese and whether or not the act has a future beyond the pandemic. Please enjoy my conversation with Mackenzie Fly and Colin Cahill, a.k.a. Mac and the Cheese.
1: Mackenzie and Holland story. Well, it started back when I was a young girl <laughs> growing up in Kansas. Um, no, yeah, we we're both transplants. Um, we both moved here together, actually, what six years ago?
2: Yeah, about.
1: Wow. Um, we we met working on a cruise ship um, out of Miami. And by the end of that cruise ship, we were like, well, we want to spend some more time together. So uh, she was like, I'm heading to Vegas to go to Jubilee. And I was like, well, my plan was to go back to New York, but I guess that's not happening anymore. Uh, So I moved here with her. And then we've just been just doing the Vegas life pretty much since then. I
2: can't shake them as much as I try. She she keeps (laughs) moving apartments and somehow
1: I just keep ending up in those apartments as well
0: you're not changing the locks fast enough Mackenzie. Yeah. That's the
1: thing. That's the thing.
2: Well, now we both have backgrounds in musical theater. We went to school and got our BFA for musical theater and then jumped on cruise ships, both as principal singers. And it was pretty much, I would say love at first sight. <laughs> it's funny. I don't really remember there. <laughs> that <laughs> He says nothing. For so <laughs> I don't really remember this, this dating phase. We just we kind of jumped in really quickly. Yeah. I think that we, um, I don't know, just, just really settled into a relationship early on. And we even wrote like our own show that we we used to call our, we've had so many names, (laughs) this progression of us trying to find like this kind of little little, archive, like our niche, but we actually wrote a, a, a show when we were on the cruise ships. It was called that crooner couple. So I think that too, like uh, working together on cruise ships, it's kind of like life in quarantine, You're yeah. just stuck in this have, random floating <laughs> object. You
1: can only jump off when they allow you to get off. And other than that, you're pretty much like stuck in your cabin. <laughs> so yeah. I, I, yeah, I guess our, our mindset kind of started back then when it comes to just forcing ourselves to try to come up with something because we have nothing else to do. <laughs> yeah.
2: So back then we were um, that corner couple – and then I think that, too, trying to solidify a show together really solidified this this just amazing relationship of trying to work together and coming <laughs> up with something. I think that that's, too, another reason why we moved to Vegas together so quickly after that. Yeah. And um, we've been working in Vegas for ever since we moved here. Both of us have been in a, a ton of shows on the trip. Um, I was in Jubilee uh, Vegas, the show, Tournament of Kings, then Sex Tips for Straight Women from a Gay Man, and then um, and then Colin was in a, a ton of stuff too.
1: Yeah, um, and then she was supposed to be starting in Atomic Saloon. Uh, well, technically, she would already done a couple shows, but she's supposed to be starting full time in a few months. <laughs> and then uh, yeah, so for me, uh, yeah, we college, and um, then I, I moved to New York and started trying to do that thing. Um, did an off broadway show, and then that's when I met Ken's and moved out here. Uh, and then, yeah, I, what I was in Sex Tips for a little bit too. Atomic Saloon. I, I jumped in with the Tenors of Rock, Bronx Wonders, um, Turn of the Kings, bunch of just anything in town basically to get work. And there's plenty of work because it's Vegas.
2: There was so. a time. There was a time he was kind of like the male swing of the city. He just was learning like all the shows at one point, and like on oh, a Thursday he'd be in Tenors of Rock, and then on Friday he'd be over. You know, with somebody else, <laughs> everybody was just like, where's Colin Cahill this week? Like it was a, it was a nice little running joke.
1: That's cool. But yeah, I mean, that's, that's pretty much our story.
0: It's funny that you say that Colin, because I know when your name had come up, I can't remember who I was talking to might've been Kenny Davidson or Jimmy Denning, yeah. one of those guys. And your name came up and I said, oh, isn't he in tenors of rock? And I think maybe you were doing tenors at that time. Mm -hmm. And I think it might have been Jimmy that had said, oh, he's in a dozen different things. It's just the guy (laughs) never stops. But you'll always find him with his shirt off.
2: Yes, (laughs) that is the kicker. And that's kind of the punchline of the joke in the city is that he never sings without a shirt off. (laughs) Yeah,
1: except after you gained your quarantine 15. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I don't think my shirt will be coming off anytime <laughs> soon until I can get back to a gym for a little bit.
0: And, and so, you guys talked about the shows that you were involved with briefly mm-hmm. there prior to uh, everything sort of going down. So, uh, ladies first, Ken's. Let's talk about sex tips. It's a show at the Paris, and it's it's. I mean, it is what it is. It's it's sex tips for a straight woman from a gay man. Did I get that right? Correct. Wow. Yeah, is- lots of prepositional phrases
2: in that one. <laughs> <laughs> so it's very straightforward. The title kind of alludes to exactly what you're going to see, except for people kind of come in with this idea that it's it might be a bit vulgar or raunchy, but it's actually quite the opposite. It's very tame and it's actually really respectful, but it's just on the topic of sex. So it's not like we come in and we do... You know, gross things on the stage. We're just having a real conversation about what it's like to be sexually involved and attracted to your partner and how to kind of have more tips within the bedroom. So it's funny because uh, the, the show starts. The character that I play, her name is Robin, Robin Brown. She's this very shy librarian type who's kind of you know um, in her shell she she's not used to talking about these things she's not used to being on stage at all but she is very wildly attracted to her lights and sound assistant the stefan character so you see this seed of like sexual energy within her that's just dying to come out so there's this really cool dynamic and evolution of her character that from the beginning like she's got this you know that she's attractive but she just doesn't know how to work it how to play it how to be it so i love playing this character because it's nice. I get to be this like nerdy, quirky person who's just me in a nutshell. (laughs) But then she also has this nice growth and beautiful, beautiful coming of age sort of vibe where she is like, okay, like, it's not a bad thing to, to go after somebody that I want. It's not a bad thing to share intimacy with another person. And so I really just enjoy the show in general, because she has that beautiful arc. Then mixed on top of that, the, the, main character I guess of the the show there's only three characters the Robin Stefan and then the Dan character. Dan is the author of this book and he just hijacks the whole show and it becomes mayhem of him like dragging people up on the stage and having them do all sorts of crazy things of like giving you know, hand jobs, pretending to do blow jobs. And it's just really cool to watch to watch the audience members. They just go nuts for the audience participation. Like we could say stuff on stage and they'll kind of laugh. But when you pull a random person from the, the audience up onto the stage and like put a blindfold on them and then you're describing how to give a hand job and you're just watching them kind of like try there is nothing funnier. There really isn't, and you just you just see the whole audience melt and have a good time, and really Vegas is kind of the perfect place to have a show like this because whatever happens in Vegas, you know, stays in Vegas, and people are really Anymore. willing to go for it.
1: <laughs> yeah, the show the show is based on an actual book called "Sex Tips for a Straight Woman from a Gay Man," and uh, it was it was originally off Broadway and it ran. Um, out there for a few years, I believe. Yeah. I think Uh, it
2: was one of the longer off front Broadway shows.
1: Uh, But then, uh, yeah. Then the producer brought it out here and it's been going here strong for, I think close to three or four Three years, three years? Yeah,
2: maybe just about four.
1: Close to that. So it's been doing well.
2: It's a fun, fun show. It's great for couples. It's great for bachelorette parties. Everybody's going to come and have a good laugh. And it's a smaller theater, so it's a nice intimate setting for an intimate topic. Mm-hmm. So it's it's good. I really, I've had such a fun time at the show. I can't wait to, to do it again.
0: And Colin, you, uh, you're, you're sort of uh, main Thing for the last while has been atomic saloon mm-hmm. um my wife and i went and saw that show in december when we were in vegas we absolutely died at that show <laughs> okay. i mean you're you come out right off the top of the show and it's a home run right i'm not even gonna get into <laughs> it it's it's, yeah. it's it is probably one of the best shows that i've seen in a very very long time
1: well thank you very much uh, yeah, I mean, we. I it's probably one of my favorite shows I've, I've ever been in. It's it's nothing but chaos and mayhem and ridiculousness all packaged into an amazing uh, Spiegel World circus show. Yeah, I mean, we've just had so much fun. We, we uh, uh, initially last summer, we took it out to Scotland to rehearse and create all of it in one place together. Um, uh, some of the cast knew each other. I knew absolutely nobody. And uh, we just had a fun time there putting it together for a month. Then we did a month at the festival in Edinburgh. (laughs) And, uh, uh, yeah, we just had a great run of it, had a lot of great reviews, and then brought it back here and just came out real strong. Um, We even having a blast with it, though. Yeah, the first song that I do that uh, Blue Jackson does um, right off the bat is... (laughs) It's a ridiculous song. No, but that's a that's a song by Wheeler Walker Jr. He's a great uh, musical comedian, and um, yeah they, they, they played us they played that song for us, and we kind of all were just like, hey, so we're gonna put this in the show. <laughs>
2: <laughs> he, he, when he was in Edinburgh rehearsing the show, he messaged me and he was like, you will not believe the song that they want me to sing because he was a little uh, not necessarily nervous, but you were like this is a strong choice. Like like, it's either going to go well or people are not going to respond. You know, he didn't know how it would go. But yeah, I've never,
1: I've never gone, I've never done like raunchy comedy like that, I guess in a way before. So I I was really nervous about how it would be taken. And some people just can't do like, like that comes off wrong just by the person who's doing it. And, and I, because I've never done it before, I don't Mm -hmm. know how it would be taken if I come out and I do that, that style of comedy. Um, But it, it fortunately worked out. Well, I feel like we've gotten decent responses for the most part. A few, a few older folks might get up and walk out, but, <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean it's it's been fun. And uh, I mean, if, if once Atomic gets back up and running, uh, definitely needs to come out and check it out because I mean, we have uh, world-renowned comedians playing Boozy and and uh, the Preacher, and then we our circus performers are some of the most incredible people I've ever seen. Um, and they're from all around the world and they do the most incredible things. And th- yeah, it's just, it's chaos, mayhem and hilariousness. And it's all rolled into one.
0: <laughs> it's, it, it, it honestly, like I say, I mean, it, it's, it fits so well into that Spiegel World brand. Um, the, I mean, Absinthe, the original Spiegel World show is is amazing. Yeah. Uh, I have yet to see Opium. Um, it was another one that was on the list to, to see at some point. And I think going into Atomic Saloon, we didn't really know a hundred percent what to expect out of it. Yeah. It was very much in that same vein as absinthe, but different enough that it's such a different show is kind of the way that I, I found it.
1: Yeah. A Caller director really wanted to have like some sort of through line, like that, that, that it was more than just comedy act, comedy act, comedy act. He, he wanted it to actually have like the characters to all be grounded in this world and, and have, especially even each of the acts be a character in the show and not just an act that comes up as a part of the show. Um, so he, he worked real hard to instill that in it. So it just, I feel like that's, that's probably like where most of the strength comes from. Um,
2: it's all connected. Is that, sure. yeah,
1: he, he worked so hard on interconnecting all of it. And uh, yeah, absent. I, I, I remember the first time that we went to go see absent a few years ago, it was, it was my first big old show ever. And I, I, just was like mouth agape <laughs> watching this show. Just like what? Like they are doing this stuff on stage, and I'm not sure, like whether I feel comfortable, whether I feel not comfortable. Like, am I supposed to be laughing? Should I not be laughing? And it's the the style they're able to just hold hold your interest and 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 teeter on this this fine line of what's too much and what's not enough. And uh, yeah, the speaker world's definitely got something special in their company when it comes to like
0: that. Something you guys both, you mentioned with sex tips and then having seen atomic saloon, I know there's, there's this, the audience participation end of things with what's going on in the world. I don't want to dive too deep into it because it's depressing and, and whatever, but with what's going on in, in the world in, in the COVID world and the, the, the post pandemic world, do you think those shows are both going to have to make some adjustments as far as audience participation, do you think it'll, it'll take away from the shows at all?
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, we actually, Atomic already started adjusting before we had to close down um, in preparation for hopefully trying to not continue the spread. Um, but there's, there's a section where um, basically two of the main characters like coax the audience into kissing them. That of course had to immediately be cut um, there were a couple well, basically just any like true interactions like touching or anything like that between the audience and the and the performers basically got cut and put on the sideline and like up until we got closed now, when everything comes back I mean th- there's gonna have to be precautions, of course uh, until you know the world kind of gets a handle on this whole virus yeah but
2: I mean, I think everything is going to have to alter um, outside of performance too. Just the awareness of, you know, getting getting close (laughs) to another person. So of course it will have an effect. But since we're all going through it together, I think it will be, you know, one of those things that just kind of understood, and that it'll just kind of everybody will have to kind of suspend and understand why that it won't necessarily hurt the shows, but the people, like audiences, will be more grateful that they're not kind of pressured into doing something in light of everything. So I don't think it'll necessarily or the shows won't lose any sort of value because of it, because everybody's grateful to try to stay safe and healthy. But I can't wait <laughs> till this is all kind of over because it did add so much of just doing something ridiculous with somebody that you don't know. So yeah. I think that that will be missed on the performer end, but maybe the audience won't notice. Or-
1: I mean, I also think though that whenever you have hindrances like this, the truly creative people come up with a way to, to kind of learn from it and almost comment on it (laughs) while still being able to get the same point across. Right. So I I also imagine that in in certain circles, there's going to be a lot of creativity that comes out of not actually having the audience participate while still having the audience participate.
2: Yeah, Um, absolutely. That's where creativity comes from, is these new boundaries, these new hindrances that have come up and you spin and work with it. So. That's (laughs)
1: That's but- good. <laughs> Hindrances. 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 Say it with us. Hindrances. Hindrances.
0: That- <laughs> there we go. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, a an interesting spin on it too, because I think one of the things that I've always loved about. Going to shows in Vegas and going to some of these these smaller, more intimate shows is how close you get. I mean, Atomic Saloon's a great example of that, yeah. just yeah. because of you've got the the stage at the back where there's people right up on the stage and a part of the show yeah. and the the stage up front where people are, they're they're right there they're
1: right there yeah <laughs> you kick the wrong direction you're gonna
0: knock somebody out yeah. exactly yeah, yeah. somebody right somebody stands up to use the bathroom at the wrong time they're getting their teeth knocked out so yeah, true. <laughs> so <laughs> mature. I, yeah. exactly so my fear is that 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 may disappear that that intimacy in the shows may disappear a little bit
1: yeah i mean i can imagine that this it's it's only bound to happen, of course, to, to make sure that I mean, we have to keep our, our workers our performers safe, we have to keep the audiences safe. I, I mean I imagine that that's, it's bound to happen. Um, but
2: at that point, you know, everybody's just been, however long we're in quarantine, we're just going to be happy to be in one room together. Yeah. You know, anything is a step up. We're yeah. like, we're like, well, there's not that, but at least I'm not like watching this virtually in my bedroom, you know,
1: so. Everyone, yeah. please reach to your side and make sure that you cannot touch your neighbor. Yeah, so,
2: <laughs> I don't know. Anything will be better than being locked up in your own house.
1: But yeah, again, again, though, that that's just going to cause, I, I feel like eventually it's just going to come out with more creative ways to, to still have that same feel without having the, the danger of it. Mm-hmm. Um, now what that will be, I have the slightest clue, but I'm sure somebody will come up with a good idea.
0: Awesome. Awesome. So let's go on to happier stuff. Let's talk about the stuff you guys are currently working on right now. Sure. Mac in the cheese. Um, <laughs> this is so awesome. And you guys have been, it's, it's been so much fun to watch you guys develop this and and develop this I don't know I mean call it an act call it a duo call it a performance We're not really this yeah. at this point <laughs> either
1: so you can call it <laughs> whatever you want
0: <laughs> Where where did this come from was it just a case of okay we're going nuts we need to do something um was it just one of those aha moments we need to do that how did it all sort of come about
1: I think a lot of it came out of the anxiety that everything that we knew was falling apart all at once. You know, both of us got like, we're unemployed at the drop of a hat randomly one day in the middle of March. Um, both of us. Both of us. And so I think a lot of it came from like the anxiety of, I, I don't, I don't know what to do. And, and basically what happened one day I think, is, um, I was teaching her like very last yoga class before everything closed up. And I was just sitting down with my banjo and, uh, I was, like, just, it was, like, anxiety. It was just, like, I was just doing this thing that was, like, letting stress out, and then all of a sudden, this, like, idea of of our first song that, uh, it's called You Can't Spell Virus Without Us, um, and then she got home, and I was, like, really excited, and I was, like, hey, look at this cool thing I did! And I think it just kind of came from there. We are like, okay, well, this is, like, some positivity that we can take out of what's happening to us right now. We can maintain some sanity by, continuing to work on something at least and and who knows what it could turn into so it just kind of it became like a fun little project that if we got too anxious we would just start trying to work on something to just focus our brains yeah. and, but
2: again back to the, the that crooner couple and we, for a while we were calling ourselves Las Vegas sweethearts we've always wanted to have <laughs> kind of kind of this this brand that that has us both that showcases us not only as a couple, but as a performing couple and a performing couple in Vegas, we've mm-hmm. always wanted to find something that, that labeled us as that, um, and was a venue or a platform in which we could share something that we create. Cause we've always been trying to do it, but this just gave us a whole topic to talk about. And, and not only a topic to talk about, but one that everybody can kind of relate to, which that's, what's kind of very special and really beautiful about this moment is that when you sing about quarantine, everybody's experiencing it and they're going to hear some sort of truth in it. And it's just awesome because it's given us this wonderful way to reach out and connect just via these songs and these silly situations.
1: Yeah, I mean, if it can like help calm us down and focus our brains, then we just hope that it also could, you know, bring some levity and some laughter to uh, other people that are having to go through it and be stuck in their homes and, I mean, some cities are worse than others, but you know, some people literally can't leave their places. So, yeah. I, mean, I mean, that's uh, we just wanted to bring a breath of fresh fr- air to those type of people.
2: Yeah, and go with the winds of change. Like yeah. right at the very beginning, we were like, "This sucks. Like, we we can't go to a theater, but if this is the direction that everything is going, if everything's going virtually, then like we got to do it immediately. We can't think. We just got to like start, go, catch the the the." wave (laughs) catch the drift uh with it so i definitely feel like we started kind of before we knew
0: like had like the
2: full picture but i think that that's kind of a good thing like you just jump in and figure it out along the way um and learn as you go especially this technical side like we're like how do we get lights and sound and what's zoom? Like we are we're, we're so in person performers that this sort of behind the camera is very new to both of us, but it's been, it's been good from the learning curve and trying to stay, stay with the times for sure. I,
0: I think the coolest thing that's come out of this and is the, the creativity of all of you guys, like watching, watching all of you guys in Vegas doing stuff. And, and it's, and and putting together these these shows on the online and and posting videos and performing it's it's been very cool to watch everybody sort of you know they say necessity is the mother of invention yeah. working through this as as they can and and i think if anything excellent is coming out of this it's this kind of stuff
1: yeah well thank you yeah i mean yeah it, it's it's really is some incredible I, yeah, I mean, and it's happening all over. I, uh, I have friends in New York that are just coming out with random things. They're writing new songs. They're coming up with new material. Um, I don't. It, it feels like in the past too, in the world, because it's something like this has kind of happened every 100 years or so. That every time something terrible that affects the whole world like this happens, really good art comes from it because it, it basically is that hindrance. Um, <laughs> that H- like is the endurance actually. Like, <laughs> Hindrance.
0: <laughs> I said hindrance, but I'm Canadian. I don't know. We spell uh, color with a U. So yeah, really, that's
1: weird. <laughs> um, but every, every time that a hindrance comes into like human lives, a, a bunch of crazy art comes out of it kind of in a way. And um, yeah, so, I mean, it's just, that's kind of the, the inciting incident that starts everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I mean, we have people all over Vegas doing drive-by Um, sing-alongs and, and, um, God, what else? I mean, uh, in the street magic shows like, like Murray did. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's crazy, but everybody, I don't know. I, I feel like it is, it's, it's, it's our own, it's our bodies keeping us sane, but at the same time wanting to, I don't know, just the camaraderie of it with everybody else, I guess.
2: Yeah, we're all going through it. We just, in our own way individually off <laughs> it's funny like you share that sense of like yeah we're going through it but then we're so separated it's just this very paradoxical thing happening it's a very special time
0: your guys ideas for songs and stuff i mean you mentioned the first song just kind of came to you from sort of fiddling around with the banjo is that sort yeah. of is that common with the stuff i mean you guys have put together what four four tracks now
1: four, four songs, four songs now yeah Yeah, I mean it's kind of a mixture. We we kind of have to kind of sense it out that day. Usually, what happens is we'll we'll come up with some idea, like what we want the song to kind of be about. Um, Like I think our second song was was Betty White, yeah. Our second song was Don't cough on Betty White, and uh, I don't know. I kept seeing these memes pop up that it's just like if you guys don't start washing your hands, like you know we got to save Betty White, and I was like, oh that's hilarious. Like we could write a song about that. and it, it sometimes the lyrics come first, sometimes the music comes first, um, but, I mean, they all kind of come a little bit differently, but we just sit around and we'll either write down a couple phrases and then just kind of, like, play around and see, like, what kind of music sounds good on it, or, uh, yeah, I mean...
2: It's, it, mm, 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 may I, <laughs> I inject? Yes. Colin is very, di- I mean, he wants to, he's kind of very tense. Like he's all in. If he's going to write a song, he wants it to be done like that day. <laughs> and I'm more of like, let's kind of just let life come to us. Like maybe it'll just pop into our heads. So that dynamic has been, he, re- he really likes to sit down and focus. And he's the type of person he'll, like when he was saying, setting up the boundaries of work in your own home, like he'll be like, oh, it's 8 a.m. And I'm starting to write this song. And then the next time he looks at the clock, he's like, it's 8 p.m. And I'm like, I know you've been dragging me through the work process for 12 <laughs> hours. So it, it's, it's interesting. We definitely learn about one another too, even just in our relationship of trying to write a song. Cause he's, he's intense. Like he wants to get to it and get to work and he's very focused.
1: Well, if I get, yeah, if I, I feel like if I get, Set on doing it, that I get into this mental state that I can't pull myself out of until I finish it. So uh, it's yeah, I won't eat for like eight hours yeah. even. And it's he's like, like and,
2: "Oh, I need to eat," and I'm like, "Please, God!" If that <laughs> all <that's> like, <laughs> <laughs> but but no, it's good. I mean, these songs—they're they're you know not a Mozart sonata, so we do kind of knock What's them out. <laughs> 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 we do kind of knock them out in a day when, when they come up. Now it's
1: just the cheese. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm leaving. No, but so when we get to writing, we do try to stay focused on that, but, um, yeah, I think it comes, the subject or the what the song is about comes first, and then the music and lyrics kind of just evolve together. Mm-hmm. But this board right here that we have Mac and the Cheese on, that's how we, we scribble out all of our ideas. We're just bouncing, brainstorming stuff back and forth until it kind of comes through. But he's really the, the one behind the music, the melody. He's always playing the instrument, so he'll kind of come up with the tune, and then I'll just make like a harmony off of what he's doing. So he's definitely got most of the musical genius for sure, as far as constructing something from nothing. And then I'll just kind of jive along with him.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, she comes up with way more than she's giving herself credit. No, but I, I just mean, <laughs> I mean,
2: like he's, he's, he's really good with the music and I feel like I'm pretty good with the lyrics or at least like directing the song, like giving it somewhere to go. So yeah, not directing the entire performance, but just the where it could go. Yeah.
0: <laughs> 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 and and so what's the response Been like so far for, for you guys
1: It's been good we, We've been getting A decent amount of followers On Facebook and stuff And I mean For the most part We just want to Give ourselves a project And something to do And, and hopefully make people laugh So I mean, if we get followers, we get followers. If not, at least my mom's laughing. So. Yeah. It.
2: <laughs> True. You know, people have been very kind and very responsive and share our stuff a lot. We've gotten a lot of shares, especially on Facebook. I'd say Facebook is probably our largest platform right now. I yeah. think we may have reached 1,000. Yeah. 1,000 followers on Facebook.
1: I checked last night; it was at like nine hundred ninety nine. So, so I'm pretty sure surely we've got a, like one more
0: person. Yeah. <laughs>
2: so that's pretty cool. And we're also on um, YouTube as well. We put all of our videos up there, and we're getting views and likes, and it's just yeah. Fun.
0: And
1: we've had some friends that that um, do uh, that are, are writers in town, and, and they've, we've, we've been put in. Like Sam Novak mentioned us, and I think. Johnny Katz put us in one of his articles and stuff. So, I mean, it's been cool. There's been a lot of support uh, amongst the community out here as well. Just because, I mean, we're like like we've said, we all kind of got hit with this all at once. And, and yeah. so I feel like everybody's trying to support everyone that's <laughs> trying to just kind of keep trucking forward. Anybody's doing that, they're going to get the full support of the rest of the community because we all know how hard it is right now for everybody. Yeah.
0: Do you think this is a thing you guys are going to be able to carry past quarantine do you think mac and the cheese is going to be something you guys are going to want to carry on for any length of time
1: i would hope so um i, I mean for for us i think we've worked so much um just from like show to show that we never really was we able to put too much effort into our own projects um so i feel like what this was for us too is a it's finally like a project that we have we can devote as much time to as possible because we have nothing else to do, um, but uh, but also I think I think too that at least you know for the next few years this is going to be very much on everyone's mind, and I think nothing is better than making fun of something that's taken such a toll on everybody's lives because that's how you gain power and control over over that mentally. I think is to yeah. the, like that, so I think, and the cheese hopefully can can, can well it, it maintain the the quarantine theme that we have, or just eventually hopefully branch out from that and start doing other things as yeah. well, but.
2: I mean I'm just gonna put it out there. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think we really we really want to and especially if I'm
1: calling it one year from now on Letterman.
2: On Letterman. So I mean He's
1: coming back.
2: back. (laughs) So if there is a venue that becomes open because some show can't come back or anything, I think that we definitely we want to take our material and turn it into a show and and, and find a base and do something that's our own. I think that we definitely come to that place in our career that that would be amazing. That'd be incredible. That's the dream, right? Is to yeah. have your own
0: baby, <laughs>
2: baby out there for everyone to enjoy. Yeah. So absolutely, that is something <clears throat> that we really want to keep the momentum and then see where it'll go. So for all of you. <laughs> producers, producers and people with venues out there listening we're coming up with the material but um yeah yeah absolutely
0: so if people want to find you guys uh you mentioned you're on facebook you're on youtube are you on instagram and the twitters as well
1: we're on the instagram on the, the twitters events. um they're, those are very slow starts. <laughs> we're really bad at the social media aspect of it. We are. Gosh,
2: um, it takes so much work. You know, we're the kind of people who wants to pour it into the art yeah. rather than the.
1: So we're, we're slowly building the, the support on the Instagrams and the Twitters. But, um, yeah, our best our best is probably Facebook right now. But, yeah, check it out. It's, all, it's at the mac and the cheese. If you can see. Right there.
2: At Mac and the Cheese, um, and that—that's for all of
1: them. And the mac, mac is spelled M-A-K for those who um, haven't seen it yet. Correct,
2: and my uh, is
1: cheese spelled- is spelled uh, like cheese.
2: So it did come from our name. So Mackenzie, Mackenzie Fly. Uh-huh. My
1: name is Cheese.
2: And his name is Cheese. <laughs> 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 yeah. And people asking us like where the cheese came from. And it's, it's
1: just from my terrible jokes.
2: It's true. It's so painfully clear to all of our friends that he's the type of person that'll throw out those jokes that you're like, aw yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wah, wah, yeah. in public in public situations. But for those people that we don't know, that's where it comes from. Is he's the one with the cheesy jokes.
1: The terrible the terrible just cringeworthy.
2: Cringe-worthy, uncomfortable dad jokes.
1: Just leaving everybody punished.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh guys, thank you so much for uh, for taking the time to jump on with me and chat with me today. Um, I really, really do appreciate it, and uh, hope I'm able to uh, to get down and uh, and hang out with you guys soon. Yeah,
1: definitely. Thank you. Looking thank forward you to so it. Much. Thank you so much for having us, Jeff. <laughs>
0: Once again, search out Mac and the Cheese with Mac spelled M-A-K on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And of course, I'll put a link to all their social media and video channels in the show notes at JeffDoesVegas.com. wraps up another episode of the podcast if you've got feedback on this episode of the show or any other episode for that matter or you've got suggestions and ideas for topics you'd like me to cover on the podcast please feel free to reach out to me via facebook twitter or instagram at jeff does vegas you can also drop me an email directly at jeff at jeff In the meantime, thank you so much for checking out the show. Be sure to subscribe for free wherever you get your podcasts so you'll know the moment new episodes are available. And don't forget to visit jeffdoesvegas.com for past episodes, show notes, and a link to the official Jeff Does Vegas YouTube channel. My name is Jeff, and this has been episode number 61 of the Jeff Does Vegas podcast.